Welcome to Life, Love, and Hustle, the podcast that uncovers the story behind the stories of entrepreneurs, artists, and activists making an impact in their business, community, and the culture. Join us for these intimate conversations with ordinary people working to do extraordinary things and hear their journey through struggle, triumph, growth, and change. Now, here's your host, Chad Smith. Hey, what's going on? It's your man Chad here, live and in effect, right here on the uh, Life, Love, and Hustle podcast. And I'm here with my girl, <laughs> Carlia Summers, the dynamic lady right here in Frederick, Maryland, Hagerstown, Maryland, Western Maryland, doing big things. Uh, she is the founder and CEO and uh, head honcho of Andrea's House, which is an organization that is supporting families in times of transition due to addiction or uh, whatever issues that they have that is uh, uh, causing them to be um, separated uh, from their families. And uh, she's helping to be a stopgap in those situations. So uh, she's also uh, active in local politics, uh, having uh, <laughs> had her first go in politics in the last election, which we'll uh, talk about also. So welcome to the show, Carlia. How are you today? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me, Chad. Man, of course. Come on. I mean, you know I had to. It was going to happen. <laughs> it's good to be here. It's good to be here. How did, we, how did we even meet? I can't even remember how we first met. We so I met you at Cannon Coffee and we were introduced through um well now Madam Mayor. Um and and that's actually the first time I met you. I was there for a meeting with her and she introduced me to you. That's right. Now yeah. I remember that's right. I met so many people at Cannon Coffee, it's crazy. Like that seems to be <laughs> the place where I get most of my new introductions. They, you know, I actually met uh, who is now our Maryland governor, Westmore at Cannon Coffee when he was candidate Westmore. And I had no idea who he was. Oh, wow. <laughs> Paul Perini <laughs> made the introduction. And uh, I was like, yeah, I don't have any idea who this guy is. <laughs> and, and now, <laughs> now he's our whole governor. That, that, that's crazy. You never know who you're going to meet at Cannon Coffee. I say it all the time. <laughs> I feel like Cannon Coffee owes me like $5 now for that plug. <laughs> you're probably not gonna get that uh, on, <laughs> come on chris pay a brother you know? <laughs> so so listen so you're here and uh you've got a great story mm -hmm. uh i i don't even know the half of it from what i understand mm -hmm. so um i just wanted to give everyone the opportunity just to uh, fully understand who you are what you're about what you're doing and and why mm -hmm. um so how did you how did you first get uh, the idea for Andrea's house. So um, Andrea's house is something that's really been, um, I mean, it is deep, definitely deep rooted. So um, just to rewind back a little bit, I am a woman in long-term recovery. And what that means for me is that um, I have sustained from drug and alcohol abuse for 17 years. And uh, I, I credit my my aunt, um, my aunt Andrea, for being just a light in a very very dark period for me. And so, um, while I was going, you know, getting into treatment and and getting my life together, she was diagnosed with stage four breast cancer. Um, and I just remember coming up and just sitting on the couch and sometimes crying and sometimes talking to her because it was just, 
it was so hard. And, and I remember her telling me, you know, if you don't give up, I won't give up. Um, and so I, I credit her because she was such, she was such a beautiful soul and she was such a giving person. And the one thing she taught me was never to give up. And, um, I watched her go through a lot, a lot, and she had just this incredible fighting spirit. And I, I always say, if God had not placed her in my life at that time, um, I wouldn't be sober today, let alone alive. And so, um, unfortunately, she passed away um, in July 2019, um, a few months before we opened Andrea's house. And uh, it was a no-brainer for me. I, I knew that that house would be named after her um, because I wouldn't have made it um, to that point to be able to help anybody um, if it had not been for her. And uh, that's really how it got started, Chad. Wow, that's wild. So the um, so going back to actually uh, to your experience. Um, so how old were you? Uh, when you were first introduced into uh, into the into the drug world, oh wow! So I can remember as early as thirteen years old taking my first drink. Um, I uh, was molested as a child uh, between the ages of eight and ten, and I became very very angry, very angry. Um, I got into a lot of fights in middle school. Um, I had a wall up and I had something to prove, you know, I was going to hurt everybody before they hurt me. And um, I eventually, you know, my, my parents put me in private school and I got involved in sports and, and that was, you know, I, it, it was good for me. It redirected my attention. I was able to take that aggression out on the court, you know, I was a basketball player on the softball field and, and I enjoyed it. You know, my best friends that I met in high school, I still have to this day. Um, and, and it was good for me. And so, um, I dibbled and dabbled. Um, I really didn't play with drugs until I got to college, but I had been introduced to alcohol at a very, very young age. I think one of the worst things that I see with, um, because um, I fortunately I've never had an issue with uh, with addiction, with uh, alcohol or drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one thing that I see uh, is that it's so hard uh, to stop. Like once you've started, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, like mm-hmm. it just seems to take a hold of people. And mm-hmm. uh, someone said a while back that when you're trying to speak to someone about addiction, oftentimes you're speaking to the addiction, not to the person. That's correct. Um, that that could that couldn't be more true. You know, I I work with families, as you know, very closely. And the one thing I always try to encourage encourage the parents and telling them is that this is not your child. This is your child physically, but this is not your child mentally. Um, and and I think a lot of people get caught up in the actions of someone in active abuse rather than understanding what the substance has done to their brain. And, um, you know, this is a genetic disorder. It's been proven over and over again. You know, I come from a long line of addiction um, in my family. My biological father um, is still drug addicted, unfortunately. And, you know, I carried that throughout my life, eventually having to adopt my youngest sibling, you know, and raise him as, as my child. And so, 
um, this has had a tremendous effect on my life and, and those around me. And so um, the one thing I always say, Chad, is no one wakes up and says, hey, you know, I want to be called a junkie or I want to be called a loser or considered worthless, you know. Um, I can think of a million other things that I had in my mind that I wanted to be. And so um, this is absolutely not something that people choose um, to do with their lives. So what was the absolute most difficult part? Like when you made that decision to say, I'm going to I'm going to knock this thing out, I'm going to get off uh, this train and I'm going to get my life right. So what was the absolute most difficult part about that journey? So I think the most difficult thing was um, when I got into sobriety, um, I had so much sexual trauma. Um, I experienced rape in college um, and, and, you know, I got drug addicted in college. I had a foot surgery and I was prescribed a overwhelming amount of uh, prescription pills and I was off to the races. Um, there's really oh, wow. not more to be said about that. It ruined my life. Um, I had been accepted into West Virginia University School of Journalism. Um, I had gotten an anchor spot in, on WVU News. I could have gone anywhere in this country to be a news anchor. I was just that good, you know, and I wanted to be a journalist since I, I mean, I can remember I'd walk around the neighborhood interviewing people. I just loved everything about it. And, um, Unfortunately, you know, my life ended up the way it did and, you know, God knew best. But the hardest thing was, you know, when I got pregnant and decided that I did not want to do to my child what had been done to me in my childhood. I was a mom, a young mom. I was, you know, 23 years old when I got sober. And my son, I had no idea how to parent. You know, it was the scariest thing on the face of the planet. And at this time, there were no resources for mothers in recovery. Um, I had to decide between going to meetings or or childcare. You know what I mean? Um, I couldn't afford a car. I couldn't afford living on my own. There were so many barriers to treatment because I had a child. And it was, you know, you can come here, but you can't bring your kids. You can do this, but we don't have room for your child, you know? And it was like, wow, how am I going to stay sober and learn how to be a good mom with all these barriers? So that, that was really hard, Chad. It was very, very hard. And you said that um, your aunt was mm -hmm. a major influence in your ability to come out of that. Tell me more mm -hmm. about that. So, you know, I the one of the things I'm always very transparent about is that, you know, people see what they want to see at this point. Right. So, you know, I am so blessed to have had the accomplishments and the things under my belt that I have at this point in my sobriety. But what they didn't see was how many times somebody called me worthless, how many times somebody told me I was never going to be anything. Um, how many times. I doubted myself because other people, I, I allowed the opinions of others to dictate my worth. Um, and so there were plenty of times, you know, I sat with my aunt and she was a, a praying and a God-fearing woman. And she just would tell me that, you know, she used to always tell me no devil in hell can stop what God has for you. And I'll tell you what, man, I, I live by that today. 
Um, I have, you know, I am no stranger to attacks or, you know, being talked about even with this much of sobriety. And, and it's, she's so right. You know, I, I just, I feel her presence every day. And, and I know um, if it had not been for her speaking life into me when I felt like I was dead, um, how different would so many other lives be? You know, wait a, wait a minute. Go how, back and say, how much say, say, would it be? Say, say that again. Say, say and, that one more time. <laughs> sure. If she had not spoken life into me when I was dead, how how much different would other lives be? How how many lives would I never have had the ability to impact and help save from this disease? And that's really what it's about, right there. Is is not not getting caught up in my mess, Chad, but understanding that my purpose is greater than me. And if I can save one mother, just one, from having to feel the way I felt, then I've already done my job. And so everything else on top of that is just a, it's just a win. Wow, man, you, you just dropped several jewels <laughs> i'm gonna have to go back and uh transcribe and tweet and <laughs> so the okay so so all that so throughout that whole entire journey before we get into uh what andrea's house actually does so what were the biggest lessons that you learned during that whole journey of uh, of addiction sobriety and then being able to maintain that sobriety Wow. I think the biggest lesson I learned is to never allow somebody's words to change who I am. Um, and what I mean by that is that people are always going to have an opinion. They're always going to pass judgment on you. Um, I am exactly who God made me to be, and I am comfortable in my own skin today. And I have not always been able to say that. Um, and the biggest lesson I've had to learn is just being comfortable with Carlia. I don't have to be good enough for anybody else. I don't owe anyone an explanation for anything. I don't have to live up to this person's standards or this person's standards. For me, Chad, every morning when I wake up and I haven't put a drug or alcohol in my body, I'm already winning. And, and that is my, that's my truth. And that's something that I'm so proud of. My family's proud of, my kids are proud of. Um, and, and that's good enough for me today. It's just good enough for me today. So fast forward, uh, what year did you get the idea about this physical, <laughs> this physical uh, transition home, Andrea's house? So I, you know, it's it's not a secret. I worked in the clinical field for quite some time before I decided um, to open this house. And I, I had the privilege to work with families um, and with mothers and children. And one of the things that I noticed is that, you know, the treatment was fantastic. You know, they would they would go through these six to nine month programs and get this help. And then when it was all said and done, it was like, where are they going? You know, there were no yeah. resources. And if there were resources, they were so overwhelmed, you know, with waiting lists that it was like sometimes we were discharging women back to the same environments that traumatized them. And mm. and that really got me to thinking, you know, and it was in my heart and my spirit for, you know, probably for five years before I acted on it. And 
you know, I just prayed about it and then I just went for it because if you've met me for two seconds, that's, that's just, that's how I am. If I feel like I can meet a need and I feel like I'm called to meet that need, I will do it by any means necessary. Um, and so that's what I did. You know, I, I came to my family. Um, I let them know what I wanted to do. And, and as always, they are an incredible support system for me. I know some days they think I'm crazy um, <laughs> for, for doing as much as I do. Um, quote, but quote, quote unquote, some, huh? Some, <laughs> <laughs> but they are always there to say, Carlia, if we know if this is what's in your, you know, in your heart, you know, you're going to do it anyway. So we might as well support you. And they do. Um, and so that's really where it got started, Chad. We we came up with the concept. I, I spent about two years coming up with a model and, and classes and what I wanted it to look like. And, you know, going from that two year, five year, 10 year plan, you know, and and so and here we are, you know, three and a half years in. And, and I'm very proud of, you know, the work that we've accomplished this far. So up to today so we're at 2023 now mm -hmm. how many families has andrea's house seen come through those doors we are now at 71 families and i'll tell you what man um i get teary-eyed every time i talk about it because it's just it's incredible it's just incredible um i would have never ever imagined i'd have the opportunity to be able to take my pain and help somebody else um, and, and to be at 71 families at three and a half years, um, I don't think anybody can understand what that means or the magnitude of what it is. Um, but it, it has been an incredible journey and, and we're just looking to, to just continue with that and, and help as many as we can. But 71 is, is a good start. Yeah, that's a hell of a start. 71 <laughs> families. That's, that's a, yeah. I think that's a little more than a good start. So <laughs> now when they come through, when they come through, what uh what services, resources, um, and such do you provide for these families? So the one thing when I set this program up, Chad, I didn't want it to be an institutionalized setting. Um, I am very, very, I, I'll scream it to the mountaintops. I am not, I, I don't believe that people reached their max potential in institutionalized settings. Um, I, I want people, when they come in this program, these women and their children, I want them to feel like they're at home. So that was something really big. We didn't do um, the core IOP and things like that because we have wonderful community agencies that head that and do it and they do a fantastic job at it. What I wanted to do was add life skills, parenting, budgeting, Things, spirituality, things that they would be able to take and carry on, not just in long term sobriety, but as mothers, as women, you know. And so I was very intentional about these classes that we set up and and we have in, you know, some amazing women in the community that, you know, are, are in programs that come and speak to the women as well. They come in house. And that helps to hear somebody else's story and, and also for them to know that they can do it as well. And so um, this program, I, I would say, is all encompassing of everything specifically that a mom needs to be successful. Yeah, I would imagine that for a lot of people, mm -hmm. um, you have to have like back when I was in my 
fitness training years, I taught skills. Mm -hmm. Skills are what's going to determine uh, your ability to succeed or, or fail. Absolutely. Um, you can't just give someone a goal or a task and expect them to be able to, to accomplish it without building, <laughs> the right, you know, without building the right skills. You know, you don't give them the right, right tools. Mm -hmm. So I think that's an important part of what you're doing. So what do you consider um, success through the programs at, um, at Andrea's house? So, you know, for me, um, well, success, I, I believe it's it's great they get to do these classes, um, Chad, but you you know this about me. I am always looking to do better. Um, and success it, for this program is going to be when we're able to get every last child in that program in the child care uh, without it knocking the women down financially. Um, and, and so they're able to work and provide for themselves. And secondly, that they're able to transition out of this program with housing. Um, it, it is, there is nothing worse than spending months of, of building a, a, a mother up to, you know, just basically just become so stagnant because we have nowhere to refer them to afterwards. I mean, the average cost of living for a two bedroom apartment is anywhere between $1,600 and $2,000. There is nowhere for me to refer a woman making minimum wage and paying for daycare. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's, that's yeah. always seems like that was the, um, with a lot of, you know, a lot of politicians, they, uh, Unfortunately, they like to down talk mm -hmm. a lot of um, mm -hmm. uh, single moms, mm -hmm. and I'm like, but how can you how can you expect them to be able to work themselves out of poverty if you're not mm -hmm. giving them the tools and resources to do it? And and you you hit the nail on the head, Chad. And it's it's removing that stigma, you know, and and again making people realize that people are allowed to make mistakes, you know. I, I think the only difference is our mistakes are out there in the public eye for everybody to see, you know, but we're all allowed to make mistakes. But, you know, making children pay for these mistakes and, and continuing to allow someone that is making an effort to do the right thing to suffer is unacceptable. Um, and so me being involved in politics is is not so much about winning. I don't I don't really, you know, if you win great if you don't. It's that's not what it's about for me. It's bringing the awareness of the need for families. And I I don't care if it's substance abuse, homelessness, whatever it is, the number one need has been and will always be for families. We have a million ways to tear families apart and very few to keep them together and that's got to change. So obviously I see your mission and I also see almost every time you speak about the mission, you always talk about your faith. So mm -hmm. have you always been a faith-based person? Like, have you always been in, like, heavily involved in, 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 uh, in, in the faith or was that something that you developed uh, during your, uh, during your journey with uh, addiction? So I, I get asked that a lot, Chad, and I've always had a concept of God. Um, it would be very difficult for me to tell you that I've always had as strong of a relationship with God as I had in active use. I mean, I, for the longest time, thought that God hated me because of the things that I endured throughout my life. I've been through a lot. Um, 
in, in, you know, a short amount of time on this, on this earth. And I always thought that God, you know, was punishing me or disliked me for some reason. And, and again, to go back to my aunt, she used to always, you know, break down how important it was for me to realize that this pain and these scars were going to be used to help somebody else. And that it's not just about me, you know, and, and I think it took me years to figure that out. You know, how do you help somebody out of a place that you've never been in? And, and once I learned that, I began to take all that pain, Chad. And I mean, my relationship with God grew into something that I can't even begin to explain to you. Um, I, I can turn the other cheek today. I can know that, you know, someone in the room has been spreading vicious rumors or lies about me and I can go home and pray for them or just ignore them as a whole. Um, I can do that today because I don't have any hatred in my heart because I understand my purpose and I understand my relationship with my higher power. And so um, my, my faith just allows me to tune out, you know, the negativity and just inspire, inspire, inspire. Well, I definitely see you doing a lot of that. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know if you know you're doing it. Why, why are you doing it? <laughs> no, it's it's a it's a natural thing for me. Um, I spent a lot of my my life in tears and in and, and pain. And it's hard for people to understand why I smile so much and why I'm typically uh, a jovial person. Um, I have nothing. And I mean, absolutely nothing to be upset about today. I'm a walking miracle. And for that, I, I will always have a smile on my face and, and always use it to encourage someone else. Yeah. One of the biggest lessons that I've learned in my adult life was that um, even even if you had a life that wasn't ideal, mm -hmm. everything that you everything that you went through has always if you're wise, will always make you a better person down the Absolutely. line. Absolutely. You know, so uh, I don't care if you've been, you know, divorced, you've been abused, you've been, uh, mm -hmm. you know, if you had loss in your life, if you had pain, if you had some uh, some financial setbacks, you know, if you just sit back and you say, what can I learn from this? You you, you can't help but grow. And in, in your case, if you hadn't have gone through all that, you know, mm -hmm. those 71 families would have never mm -hmm. crossed through Andrea House's door. That's correct. That's correct. So let's talk about politics for a hot oh, second. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you know what's coming. We got to talk yes. about this uh, political run you made, man. Talk about that for a minute. So um, running for state Senate, um, you know, again, my family thinks I'm nuts and they should be used to it by now. I mean, there's a good chance that by the end of the year, I'll be doing something else nutty. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, I'm, I'm just that passionate, Chad. And, and again, it's not, it's not about winning. You know, I met some incredible people on the campaign trail last year, and, and I can't stress it enough, that have become my friends. Um, and I believe that everything you do in life is, is to, you know, is to get to the next point, you know? And so that run was to let people know we're here, you know, we're here. And for a woman in recovery to be the first black democratic nominee 
to run in a predominantly red district to somebody else that's just, hey, that was the Democratic candidate. To the recovery community, it's unheard of. Um, and I think that people sometimes overlook that and, and forget that that's who I represent at the end of the day because I am them, you know? And so I'm blessed enough to be, you know, in the position I am to advocate for us but I'll never stop advocating for us. I don't care what title I ever have or, or where I ever make it to. And so for politics, for me, it's making people aware that whether you want to acknowledge this or not, it's here and it's, it's very much real. And I've been to one too many funerals. I've watched, you know, one too many people lose their battles. I've, I've hugged too many crying mothers. Um, and, and I just, I have to do my part. I have to do my part. And as long as I'm breathing, I'm going to do my part. Well, that's dope. So do you feel like you would do it again? Oh, I think everybody knows I'll be back. Um, I don't, <laughs> I, I won't say in what capacity because I'm, I'm still juggling and, and, you know, definitely still talking to my family about it, um, behind the scenes, but, um, I'll be back. Oh, I like the Terminator. I'll be back. <laughs> I'll be back. <laughs> so, uh, speaking of speaking of big things, you have a big event coming up uh, next week. As a matter of fact, yes. So we have the Andreas House uh, Gala coming up, and it's our first one, and I'm super excited. Um. We've been through a lot as an organization and um, the fact that we have accomplished what we have accomplished um, and had the support. And I'm not going to say um, I'm, I'm not going to just say from Frederick County, because I would be remiss if I did not thank Washington County and Carroll County um, and Allegheny and Garrett. Um, I have some incredible supports um, in Western Maryland as a whole that have really opened this door that we have been able to work with, you know, the institutions and not just treatment centers, but work with the jails and the prisons to help mothers in there come out and have a chance to change their lives. And I mean, the where this program is going, I, I'm just kind of sitting back and watching it. I'm along for the ride. I can't, some days it's surreal to me. Um, because I just remember the beginning and 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 how much sacrifice it was. But um, you know, I was telling my husband yesterday, Chad, we were in this house, we were in the recovery house, and you know, you just stand back sometimes and you're in awe of what this program has allowed these mothers to do. And I I just the fact that God would use me to do something like that is overwhelming at times. And so um, this, this gala is, is everything. It's, it's everything. It's not just us throwing a, you know, a party and, and raising money. Yeah. That's a great part of it, but it's about, it's about accomplishment, you know, and, and, and where we are right now, we have people coming from all across this country to be there, um, on Wednesday and to have that type of support is, is just my, my heart is full. My heart is full. And so as we do this and we prepare, 
We're looking to expand. We've outgrown the house that we're in. We currently hold seven women and five children, and we have blown that number out of the water. We remain on a waiting list, um, and and it's just time to grow. It's time to grow, and so um, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to whatever the next chapter is. Um, but I'm I'm pretty sure, Chad. You know, the next chapter has got to blow this one out the water. So I I'm I'm excited about it. What's the old saying? If your if your dreams don't scare you, you're not dreaming big enough. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and I always say, if it, if it doesn't look crazy, it's not God. You know. So I I this next dream is definitely crazy. So I am. Uh, I'm I'm going for it and I'm you know putting my whole heart and soul in and, and grateful for my board and grateful for our community support. And uh we're we're just we're gonna keep going. We're just gonna keep going. So you there was a documentary. Mm -hmm. uh, I almost forgot to talk about it. There was a documentary done on on uh on the organization. So how'd that come together? Man, another honor, I'll tell you. Um Another honor. I got to work with uh, Paramount. Um, they have an amazing crew. I love them all. And uh, Partnership to End Addiction, which is a nationally known um, organization that helps families um, in recovery as well. And uh, when I was asked to do this, I, you know, again, I always go back, Chad, you know, it doesn't matter how many accomplishments I have, I always go, why me? You know, and, and my mother always says, why not you? You know, and so I, as yes. I got the opportunity to do this, I'm like, wow, man, Paramount is here. You know, they're at my house. They're at the recovery <laughs> house. You know, it's like, this is really happening. And uh, every time I watch um, Untreated and Unheard, the addiction crisis in America, um, I tear up. I can't watch it without crying because... It is, it is truly, they captured so perfectly how hard it is to help families in the substance abuse community. It is so challenging. We sacrifice so much to be able to help and, and to, to be even asked to be in something like that, um, I think is, is just, it's incredible. It's incredible. And I hope, as always, um, that it brings awareness to how much help we need um, just straight across the board to make sure that these moms have childcare, they're able to get jobs, they're able to get their own places, they're able to get, you know, vehicles, to get their licenses back, all these things they're able to do. Um, it takes a team. It takes a village. Yeah, that's 100% facts. And it takes a, a village on multiple levels also. You got to have um, the ground game. Like, I always equate everything to, uh, you know, I was, I, I've been a lifetime combat athlete in some form <laughs> or function. And, and I liken it to uh, mixed martial arts. You got to have your ground game. You got to have your standing game. You know, you got to have, um, to make change, you got to have it on every single level. That's and, right. Um, yeah. And, and, and it's good that, uh, you've built as many connections as you have, as, as you have on every level, yeah. uh, because I think that's what really makes you uh, effective as a change agent. Thank you, thank yep. you. So, all right. So, listen. Um, the the most important question that I want to ask you in this entire interview 
this something that no one has probably ever asked you, and, I, and you're going <laughs> to and you're going to hear it first right here <laughs> on uh, Life, Love, and Hustle. Are you are you are you ready for this? I'm ready. Okay, so if you were if you were a superhero, right? Like, uh, what would your superpower be? Hmm. P- people want to know this. This is this is a pressing issue. It's <laughs> a pressing issue. Um. Wow. You know, I I don't. If I my superpower would honestly be to just spread kindness. I, you know, Chad, I, I talk to my mom, my mom and I talk every single solitary day. Um, and I talk to my mom and I always tell her, I said, mom, you know, people are just so mean. I say it over and over and over again. If I was, if I had the ability to, to have a superpower I would make it so that everyone had no choice but to be kind. I somehow, mm. some way, some way. Oh, so you would have like, like uh, that's called a telepath. Yeah, the, yeah, <laughs> telepath. So you'd be like, you'd be like Jean Grey, just uh, <laughs> pushing yep. kindness on everyone's minds. Okay, Absolutely. I see how it is. Think of something positive and stop being so negative and so so evil. Yeah, I, I, I'd have to say that's the first thing that comes to my mind. It may not be fun, but I, I just, <laughs> I would love to just see a place where people just would learn to be kind. All right. I love it. Well, listen, that's all I got for you. Any final thoughts before we uh, sign off here? No, Chad, I appreciate you. I love everything that you're doing. Um, and I thank you for your support of not just me, but um, Andrea's house as well. And and I know that we'll be seeing each other a lot more um, in the future. So thank you. Oh, you'll be seeing me on Wednesday. <laughs> you know, you yeah, exactly. You'll be seeing me on Wednesday. You know, listen, <laughs> I never you. turned down a good party. I know, and, and you have to be the best dressed. I know. Yeah. <laughs> hey, look, you know me. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, or at least, or at least I try to anyway. Yes. My, my girlfriend, my girlfriend is always. Uh, she says going out with you is pressure, man. She says. <laughs> <laughs> He said it's pressure. I gotta get like three dresses and figure out what I'm gonna wear. Yeah, you can't do that. It's enough pressure being a woman to get dressed as it is. You know, we got a lot of things to do. You can't, you can't make her work harder. <laughs> so, if, if people want to get, if people want to learn more about the organization and get in touch with you, how can they do it? Sure. So. Um, we have we're on instagram as andrea's house we are on facebook is andrea's house transition uh living for transitional living for women and children excuse me and then we're also at andreashouseinc.com and so um that's the best way uh facebook we update regularly what's going on in the program and so if anybody wants to follow or is interested in becoming a volunteer or involved in that capacity um I highly recommend that they follow us on Facebook and and just kind of keep up with what we're doing next. I love it. Well, you're doing great work. You are the absolute hardest working woman I know. Oh. <laughs> besides besides uh, <laughs> Madam Mayor Takesha Martinez. Yes. <laughs> yes. You guys could have like a a contest on 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 who's got the longest daily to do list. Oh my goodness. Well, you, you know, her and I like to mess with each other because we're both super busy and it's, it's like, you know, try putting 
these two schedules together to try to schedule a time to hang out, you know, or, or to chat. It's, it's pretty comical actually, but um, I'm, I'm elated for her and, and she's amazing. She's going to do amazing things. So. Well, uh, thank you for coming on the podcast today. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing you on Wednesday night. All right. Thank you so much, Chad. All right, y'all. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate you at, at, as you have no idea how much, uh, we appreciate you for for tuning in today, and I definitely, de- excuse me, definitely encourage you uh, to get in touch with Carlia and check out all the dope things that she's doing uh, with Carl with uh, Andrea's house. So, all right, this is Chad signing off. Life, love, hustle. Get after it. Thank you for joining us today on Life, Love, and Hustle. We appreciate you and your support more than you know. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with someone who could benefit from it. Also, don't forget to follow us on Facebook to continue the conversation and get exclusive access to even more content. We're grateful for your loyalty and we can't wait to see you hustle your way to success. We'll be here for you every step of the way.